Welcome back to Conversations for the Good. Good morning, Dr. Jane. Good morning, Anna. How are you today? I'm doing well. And, you know, I'm so happy about the conversations that we've had lately. And we've taken a, a look at the big picture of health as a whole person and the process of making choices to maximize wellness, regardless of one's current state of health. Where does self-care fit in? Well, Anna, self-care has the potential to bring all the information that we've talked about thus far um, with wellness and health to really bring it home to ourselves on a daily basis. You know, as we've mentioned before, this particular wellness activity is often framed as a luxury or too time consuming or it's done randomly if all, you know, like a spa day here and there, you know, sporadic, but not really planned. You know, and that's not to say that random treats for ourselves aren't really lovely gifts, but for self-care to be meaningful, it needs to be consistent and it needs to be connected to our commitment to wellness, really our wellness plan and our sense of well-being. So self-care is more um, than just the holding the intention. What we're doing with self-care is we're acting out the plan, the wellness plan in real time, following through with that conscious choice that we've made. So we're doing what we said we would do, obviously, to promote our wellness by activating the plan. And that's your mind, body, and spirit. That's exactly right. So self-care is about the relationship we have with ourselves, how we show up for ourselves physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, all those dimensions that we've talked about. You know, it's how we remember ourselves on a daily basis, focusing on our strengths, focusing on our goals, our commitments, really is about living our best and highest selves as we've talked before. It sounds like an essential component to being truly a whole person. Well, yes, for sure. You know, many people confuse self-care with self-improvement. And, and it, this may sound like hair splitting, but it really isn't self-improvement. Although when we operate in consistent self-care, we do improve. You know, our lives improve with consistent self-care. You know, yet the intention of self-care is not to fix ourselves or to work harder or even to be more disciplined because we're defective or lazy or whatever. Um, self-care isn't about playing that kind of blame shame game. You know, it's about present moment activity, a present moment activity that really is a nurturing experience for ourselves, you know, a sacred practice in our quest for optimal health, optimal wellness, and well-being. Dr. Jane, can you share more about self-care being sacred? Well, when I say sacred, and, and for an activity to be sacred, really requires two dimensions. One is reverence, and the other is intention, which means that our wellness plan and our self-care need to be planned with the, and pursued for that matter, with the utmost respect and really aligned with our highest self. And, you know, if we choose a power greater than ourselves. So this keeps our intentions pure. It keeps our intentions congruent with our sense of honor and integrity and compassion. So self-care really is this merging of self-acceptance and self-love, which nourishes then the continuation of the whole process. Sounds like the alignment with our higher self and power greater than ourselves moves self-care into the spiritual dimension. Well, 
I think it is a spiritual dimension, Anna, you know, um, because when we're operating out of that our spirituality, you know, this is that inner meaning and purpose and living from the deep sense of our values and what's important to us. And so when we merge with the self-acceptance and the self-love, we're at our optimal. We're creating a life worth living. So things like, you know, our self-talk shifts, um, the reactivity that maybe we're accustomed to begins to dissipate. Our relationships tend to improve. We access a part of ourselves, I call it voice, capital V, that, that potential to really speak from our, our own truth. That becomes more apparent. You know, uh, stress becomes uh, more manageable and we find more balance in our lives because of that. And also gratitude is heightened and we're able to resolve and let go of certain grievances maybe that we've had for a long time. So there's a greater compassion for ourselves and others. And the other piece that I find so interesting is because of the depth of the reverence and intention, we very often are able to, or are, are really kind of guided to what within us needs to heal and how do I go about healing that? So this is often referred to as well-being. We're not just doing self-care, we're really being in the process of self-care we're being well and being cared for by ourselves. And this is causally related to a real deep sense of happiness and satisfaction. What an amazing list of benefits. You know, I'm, I'm really surprised that more people just don't jump on board. Well, in a recent Harris poll, there was a, a 44% of all the people surveyed said that um, they believe that self-care was for people who had enough time, you know, which is saying that, you know, it, that's not me. And another 35%, interestingly enough, um, of the people surveyed thought it was for those who had enough money. And let's face it, Anna, you know, clearly there is a huge money-making wellness industry that we all are aware of, you know, gyms and classes and, and coaching and apps and diet and exercise programs and supplements and power drinks and food and, and a mountain, a mountain of equipment. I mean, it's big, big business, you know? And then there are also the outliers that um, really consider self-care selfish. But, but when we go through that list of benefits, my gosh, it's, it's selfish not to engage in self-care, you know, for our health, for our wholeness, because this affects others. It affects family, friends, coworkers, Yes, I know. I know we highlighted the various components of a wellness plan in our previous episode, wellness as a conscious choice. Um, can Let's take another look with special consideration to daily self-care. Can we do that? Oh, absolutely. Yes. And, at, you know, before we listed, you know, the physical, the mental, the emotional, the spiritual, you know, those were listed in, in past episodes. But I, I like your idea of just kind of let's shift the lenses a bit and focus on generating suggestions, you know, for a practical plan, you know, a list of self-care activities that could be integrated into any wellness plan. So it's important to keep in mind that self-care is about that application of what we have planned for our wellness in real time. We've created hopefully a believable and achievable wellness plan targeting the various mentions dimensions that we talked about, physical, mental, et cetera. Um, and remembering that we're working from our best and highest selves. 
you know, this isn't about that perfectionistic critic part of ourselves that thinks that we need to be fixed. This really is about doing the next right thing for our mind, body, and spirit. And so we pick a couple of priorities, you know, a couple of things we want to focus on, keep the plan simple, you know, and doable. And then the idea is to carry it out initially for three to five days, review how we're doing, revise the plan if necessary, or if it's working, continue to do it, keep replicating it, you know? And what we're doing then is incorporating self-care activities into our established daily routines. So it's also important to remember the nanos. Remember those nanos are those quickie techniques and the interventions that really build major shifts in mind-body wellness. Yeah, these are the conditions to launch the wellness plan and move towards sacred self-care. I'm ready for a few practical suggestions that we can put together, you know, into use. Yes. So the list that I'm, I'm going to go through, there are about 11 different pieces to, to the list, 11 different categories. You know, they've evolved for me over years and I keep adding to the list. You know, the, the point is that we want to provide a whole range because we're a whole person, a whole range of self-care activities. And hopefully, you know, as we do them for each of us individually, it triggers other ideas, additional ideas. And it's also important to note that it's not just about doing the activities, it's also how we enact the activities. You know, certainly when we operate from an attitude of gratitude, it energizes the impact, you know, greatly. So let's just talk about these categories. You know, there are 11 of them. It's about self-care as breathing and breath work, present moment awareness, our daily commitment, fueling ourselves, moving and movement, being still, energizing ourselves, connecting with others, enjoyment and pleasure, living with gratitude and appreciation and compassion. And then lastly, how we find restorative rest. So let's look at each of these. Starting with the breath, you know, self-care as breath work or breathing. This can be a 30 second or a three minute nano. You know, it's about taking our attention to our breath as we've talked so many times before, Anna, and our videos on the welcoming breath show. You know, it, it's really about taking our attention to our breath, allowing it to be just as we find it, sensing into the in-breath and the out-breath, how our body responds, noticing the rise and fall of our chest and our abdomen. This can be done anywhere, anytime. And interestingly enough, it brings us into our second category, which is self-care as present moment awareness. You know, being the observer self, sensing into what's unfolding in this moment, fully present to whatever is happening, whether I'm brushing my teeth or shampooing my hair or uh, um, chopping up the onion, you know, washing the dish, whatever it happens to be, just breathing and noticing. It's a powerful way to shift gears. Can be done anytime, anywhere, as I said. So the third activity is, is self-care really is our daily commitment. So this operates out of that concept of one day at a time. So it's just for today, just for today. I'm going to name the items that are my priorities for my wellness plan, mind, body, and spirit. 
you know, just for today, I'm going to anchor it in my primary relationships with myself, with my higher self, with a higher power, if I'm drawn to that, you know, just for today, you know, to do the right thing, even though it might be inconvenient, even though I might not want to, even though I might not get what, what I'd like to get anytime soon, but I'm guided and, and empowered to that next right thing. And then there's also, you know, that, that whole piece of just for today, let me learn the interactions of my feelings and my thoughts, my body sensations, and also my impulses. So that when I'm triggered, I can go to my breath and slowly count to 15 before I respond. And then the fourth category is fuel as self-care. Am I willing to eat cleanly? You know, what is it to eat clean? What is it to hydrate to a, a place where it's healthy for me? You know, a level where it's healthy for me. You know, portion control is also part of fueling and also to avoid alcohol, drugs, but also those dietary stimulants like refined white sugar, refined white flour, caffeine, nicotine. And the other piece is practicing mindful eating, that present moment awareness as we eat to slow everything down. Or the self-care could be, you know, exploring anti-inflammation food plants or trying out new recipes. So we pick one or two of these suggestions, begin to practice it daily. And when it's anchored, add another. That's right. You know, all of these blend into our daily activities, everything that we're currently doing in our daily lives. So the fifth self-care activity is self-care as movement. This is, this is about starting slowly. If you haven't been active, starting slowly, starting mindfully tuning into when we're, when we're going beyond what feels comfortable, you know, gradually moving to greater and greater, you know, length in movement or types of movement. It could be anything from stretching, walking, swimming, dancing, you know, it doesn't have to be a dance class. You can dance in your kitchen, you know, taking the stairs. The other piece of movement that I always suggest is what I call a planned obsolescence. You know, it's like taking the parking spot that's further out rather than the one that's closest to the door. You know, it's also mindful movements like yoga or Tai Chi or Qigong. Many of these we can access on, on YouTube channels. And the sixth self-care activity is learning to be still. Learning that relaxation response that is one of our, our videos. Turn off our devices for 30 minutes a day and dropping into the quietude or learning meditation, or taking in some of our videos on the body scanner, the loving kindness meta meditation, or becoming more aware just of being quiet. It can be reflection or contemplation, you know, what, whatever you're drawn to. A prayerful break is also a lovely self-care activity. Or Father Thomas Keating's centering prayer is a lovely piece or journaling our thoughts and feelings. All of these are really about learning how to be still and be comfortable, being comfortable in our stillness. So the sixth category is to energize. And I would suggest that people take a look at our, our videos on the daily routine, 
We also have other wonderful energy techniques that we've videoed. The tapping routine is great. Also, declutter your house, declutter your surroundings. This is the feng shui way. And the feng shui way is about if there's a lot of clutter, it really deprives us of the movement of energy within us and within our environment. And the last one within Energize is to laugh. Yes, laughter is such good medicine. And you and I laugh a lot, Dr. Jane. Yes, we do. And it what it's what continues to keep us ignited, which is wonderful. Yes, wonderful. Yes. So the eighth category is to connect. Self-care as connection with others. And this is about maintaining social connections, but clearly we need to have the majority of our connections with with relationships and with others that are nourishing. The relationships need to be nourishing. It's about a give and take piece. It's about visiting our friends and our family, whether we can do that face-to-face, you know, if that's safe, or virtually. And it's practicing empathy and compassion and the emotional intelligence we've talked about. And also being willing to resolve grievances. And again, finding people that we can laugh with, which is incredibly important. And the ninth category is self-care as pleasure and enjoyment. And this is such a personal piece. It can be anything from, you know, I always suggest that it's something that we do that makes our hearts sing. So it can be reading a good book or learning something new, operating out of our creativity, could be enjoying the music that we love, watching a movie, watching a movie or a series with, with other people that we enjoy, you know, walking in nature. Um, playing with kids or pets can really be energizing and, and pleasurable. You know, playing games with loved ones, you know, engaging in sports or just watching sports. Sports can be enormously entertaining, you know. And again, laugh. Laughing is just such pleasure and enjoyment, Anna. You know, and then the 10th tenth, tenth category is love, gratitude, appreciation, and compassion. And this is about operating in a clearly in an intentional gratitude list every day, whether we write that down or we just inventory in our thinking. It's also about paying it forward frequently. It's about service and volunteerism, you know, being generous with our compliments, smiling, even behind masks. It's about smiling. And it's about being aware of the non-material aspects of our lives. And lastly, self-care is rest. You know, good sleep hygiene includes things like creating an environment for restorative sleep, turning the lights off and devices off at bedtime, you know, avoiding uh, avoiding, um, drinking alcohol at bedtime, avoiding heavy meals or heavy snacks at bedtime. And the other part of self-care that can be restorative is napping um, as needed can provide a lot of restorative energy for us. Unless, of course, it disrupts our usual uh, bedtime patterns and sleep patterns. There are many options on it. And again, it's about picking those that feel good, that you'd like to try, and incorporating them in the daily routine that you're already involved in. Yes, this is such a wide cross-section of suggestions. You know, several I will definitely have on my list tomorrow. (laughs) And we are all engaging in our choices with an attitude of gratitude. It makes 
perfect sense and bringing, you know, that bringing the positive energy will heighten the experience. Thank you, Dr. Jane. You have been so wonderful to provide us with such life-changing information. I, I am for, I know I am forever grateful until our next conversation. Thank you, Anna. Thank you.